Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jim Britt and Jim Lutz had a vision, and the Change Book series was developed. Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, Work-Life Balance Specialist, Deb Crow. Join Deb Weekly, where she interviews the top co-authors from all over the globe who share their insights into self-empowerment with life-enhancing realizations that will touch every area of your life. We're live every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 1.30 Eastern Standard Time. Good afternoon, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Changebook Radio Show. It is a unusual February in Canada. We have sunny skies, and I always have to remember to talk in Fahrenheit. So the temperature here today in February, which is not normal as I look out my office window to the green grass, is 56 degrees. So certainly not conducive temperatures to Canada, but I am certainly going to take it and, and very, very happy to let you know that we haven't really had winter in Canada. So on that note, I have two amazing co-authors on the show today, and our first co-author is from book seven, and she is just a beautiful spirited lady that I'm so intrigued and excited to interview. Her name is Carrie Murphy. And she's been an entrepreneur for over 16 years, and I'm hoping we can dive into talking to her a bit today because she was forced to start completely over after being forced to close a company that she loved and was near and dear to her heart. She talks about the challenging time to be her true calling, to help others create, live the life of their dreams using their gifts. And she started a new company called Inspired Living, which we're going to talk about. Carrie embraces the fact that sometimes obstacles that seem insurmountable can reveal themselves to be the greatest stepping stones to success. And she willingly shares that with her own life experience. Most of you are probably familiar with Carrie. She's a TV host and an on-camera personality. She is, as I said, the founder and CEO of Inspired Living. And this is a company that provides marketing, brand, and media development for influential entrepreneurs. Through Inspired Living coaching and mentoring services, on-camera workshops, speaking engagement, Carrie strives to empower people to recognize their gifts to the best and highest use possible. She has won numerous awards. She has been an MTV-made coach. She has coached Miss America. She has hosted E! Entertainment. And I am just so excited to welcome Carrie Murphy to the show. So, Carrie, thanks for fitting us into your busy schedule. <laughs> You're so welcome, Deb. Thank you for that beautiful introduction and for having me. Very excited to chat with you today. Well, I know we've only chatted on, on email and, and social media, but I just, you know, as with all the other co-authors in the Change Book series, I just feel like 
we are all aligned and, and have such similar values in progression and self-empowerment. So my first question is, could you let the listeners know briefly, what is your area of passion and business in today? And, and what are your goals for 2016? Oh, Deb, that is a good question. There are so many goals. But I, I have found over the years that my gift is really helping people stand out. And, and helping them really create influence around what they're gifted at, what they're passionate about. And that's, you know, I really feel that when we're inspired, we're in spirit, we're doing what we are called to do, we're making a great income doing it, and we're influencing people to live their greatest life, like in, inspiration creates more inspiration. And that's really where, you know, the basis of our company and what we do um, exists now in that, finding those passionate entrepreneurs that are having a difficult time reaching and connecting with their ideal clients. And we really help them get, get out there in a bigger way so they can make a big difference, make a great income doing what they love, and they get to help other people do the same. So it really is that ripple effect. And, uh, man, my goals in 2006, I'm working with a new possible TV network that's going to launch and doing more inspired living interviews. I love sharing stories of success because I think so many of us don't go out on the skinny branch of life because we're so scared about failing. And yet everyone that has succeeded that I've interviewed has had some sort of major loss in their life that has brought them to where they are. So I love sharing those stories because, again, I'm really about empowering people to go out there and do what they feel they're called to do because I, I really truly feel that, as cliche as that sounds, it is why we're on this planet. It is why we're here. If we have that yearning, that desire to do something, it's not a trick. <laughs> you know, it's really what we're supposed to do. So how do you get the support to do that? And that's what Inspired Living is all about. So building out the show, launching a makeup line, building out our on-camera trainings, uh, finding brand partners that are in alignment with Inspired Living so people can really get all the resources they truly need to live this kind of life. So there's so much on the plate right now. <laughs> and so some days my head spins, but it's, I'm, I feel very blessed to be where I am. Well, and I have to commend you because you know I'm a work-life balance specialist and I love hearing the excitement and just the growth and potential that you've set out for yourself this year. And I know you're doing that with a new baby and I just, that warms my heart because my girls are now <laughs> teenagers. So it's it's a lot of work and it's, uh, it's, it's only for the people that can really focus in on time management and prioritizing. And I I think if that's one tip you can give to the listeners today is what are some of the strategies that you put in place to be that working mom, that influential entrepreneur, and yet still have that quality time that I know you make with your daughter, Lauren? You know what, Deb, that's, that's such a good question. And to be totally transparent, she's almost seven months, and I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, I have amazing support, and I think that right before I had Lauren, I knew that I was going to need more support. And so I, you know, again, for those of you that are listening that are thinking right now, I can't afford to hire help. I'm telling you, you cannot afford not to. And I, I love to stand on my soapbox and talk about this because in order for us to really do our genius work, we need to make sure that we're doing that the majority of the time and we're supported in that. So I have an incredible operations manager. I have other coaches on my team. I have an incredible nanny um, who is here at the house with me during the day to support me. 
but I'm still trying to figure it out because as you know, Deb, you know, having a, a new baby is a lot of work and my business has been my baby, right, for, you know, for the last four years and many businesses before that. So, you know, I have my good days and bad days. I will tell you that, you know, it never feels like I get enough done. It, and so for me, it really comes down to delegating. And right before this call, I was on with my team saying, I need help. I need help delegating more and, and just being transparent with them, I think, is, is kind of a big part of me growing and not trying to do it all by myself because we can well, I, I wish I could uh, jump through my microphone because I, I would be giving you a big hug right now. What, what, <laughs> what you just said is, is so raw and so honest. And even if we look at it, like you said, and be transparent, is that not the same philosophy, philosophy we take as influential entrepreneurs? We have to delegate. We have to ask for help. And I love that you haven't adapted to that new mom perfection because it's non-existent so in order for you it's to impossible it is <laughs> and you're progressing and i i love what you've done and to be honest i can hear it in your voice i i can hear it you know i i can feel your happiness but when i watch your videos i'm mesmerized because i i just feel the emotion you're trying to convey and that's the next question for you I just feel your business is so what you should be doing. It is your calling. You're mm. so good at it. I enjoyed watching your videos, and I know we joked before the show, but I, I watch you, and I feel like I'm watching the female actress Mandy Moore. And there was a couple <laughs> of there was a couple of videos where you turned your head and spoke, but I love the realness that you're bringing to your brand, and I love the authenticity that you bring as a busy woman. So what are your tips for the listeners and your fellow co-authors in the change for really being authentic when you're doing a video? Thank you for the compliment, Deb. And I actually, if you could see, I have tears in my eyes. I don't know why that choked me up so much because, you know, it's, and as you said in my intro, I went through a really tough time before launching Inspired Living. I owned a talent agency. It went bankrupt after the recession. I was young. I had no help. I mean, I had, I had employees, but I didn't have mentors. And what I love about the change book and all the authors is that we're so passionate about not only helping others, but helping ourselves and becoming better people. And to this day, I have coaches in so many different areas of my life and would not be able to continue to build this business if I didn't have other people around me that – help me and inspire me and, um, and guide me. So I thank you for that. But I think it's so important that if you, if you really want to influence and help other people reach a certain potential in their life, that you don't just show up as, you know, the perfect every day is rainbows and lollipops because that's not the case. And, you know, just like a great movie will bring you to tears or help you connect in a certain way, when an entrepreneur is authentic, or I don't care if you're an entrepreneur, if you're running a multimillion-dollar company or a billion-dollar brand, it all comes down to people feel something. And you can see now campaigns are really changing from American Express to Dove to, you know, people are really starting to connect more emotionally with the viewers because that creates brand awareness and recognition. So I think the older I've gotten, the more – 
the more challenges I've come through, the more spiritual I am connected to, which I try to meditate every day, having Lauren now, there's just a real and rawness. And to be really honest, I don't care if you like me anymore. You know, I'm so on path. I love what I do. And I'm not right for everyone, and that's okay too. But I think that the more we can just truly speak our truth in love and really help that, that one person that we're trying to reach, then we reach so many others and we can let go of the judgment that we might feel about ourselves. And I, that's what I really help people do is get over their version of perfection, get over the self-judgment so they can really go out there and make the difference they want to. Because you cannot be in judgment and, you know, be authentic. It's impossible. So that's one of the things that I really teach. Well, I, I commend you on that, and, and it's funny. I've done a couple of videos where my hair hasn't been perfect, and I don't wear makeup every day, which I know as a new mom you can relate. And yes. sometimes I think our colleagues and our friends and our family, they need to see us at our best regardless of what the outside is looking like. So I, I love that you brought those great strategies and recommendations because – I think it's important. Now, I wanted to ask you about your grandmother because I I do follow you on Twitter and you posted a beautiful picture of your grandmother and I know that you have epitomized and looked up and you use the word inspired a lot, which is why I think the the name of your business is is perfect for you. So how... (laughs) How did your grandma influence you to pursue your dreams? And she's just so beautiful. When I first looked at her, I looked away. And and if you look quickly, she's almost could be a twin for Marilyn Monroe in that photo. She really could. I've heard Lana Turner. Um, Yeah, I mean, she was so beautiful. And, you know, I didn't know my grandmother very well. She was a professional singer. Um, She, I don't think she actually finished middle school. She had a very difficult family upbringing, um, and so I looked at my grandmother in, in two complete different ways. One was mesmerized for her, by her beauty and her talent, and, and that was, you know, as a little girl, what we see, right? We don't know the backstory yet. So, but then as I got to know her, as I got older, um, the lack of, like, support she had, and, you know, she had four beautiful kids, but, too, you know, the entertainment industry, it can be very difficult for a lot of people. And, and so, you know, to see her age, and that was really what she held on to as her identity. And I don't know if I'm, I'm saying this. Like, I, I loved her very much, but she wasn't that warm and fuzzy grandmother growing up. Like, I didn't know her that well. All I saw was her beauty and her talent, and she was very much those things. But it also made me really think about, you know, how do we use it and how do we cultivate, you know, communities that support us and and help us flourish, you know. And so she did inspire me in many ways and she taught me many lessons as well. Well, I think you brought up a great point that I often talk about when I'm doing a keynote, Carrie, and, you know, our great-grandmothers and our grandmas and even our moms they've all had a certain shaping into who we become, whether it's genetic through our DNA or life experiences. And you look back to those different generational values, and I find that one of them is always that level of perfection. 
And I think our generation is starting to break that down and, and we're going for progression with balance because we realize perfection's non-existent. And I don't think no. they had that warm maternal sense back then because of the war and the depression and, mm -hmm. and just all the financial woes. So it's, it's interesting to hear you say that because I had one grandma who was similar to the grandma we're speaking of. And then I had another one who was the total opposite and, and chose that maternal loving instinct because she never had it. So she became right. the mom that she wanted to have, which I just find so inspiring and just uplifting to, to think even though she didn't have it. So I love to hear how you've evolved and, and probably taken a little bit from each of them. And, and now mm -hmm. you're this loving mother to your baby. Well, you know what, Deb, I think too, the roles of women have changed so much where before, you know, you, you didn't, you didn't really have the ability to pursue this glamorous career and be, like you said, like, you know, Betty Crocker at home with your four kids. And, and it was just such a different time. And I think, too, there is something to be said when you live in a certain level of consciousness. And, and you, we can either become products of our environment, which we all are, whether we like it or not. We are all products of our environment to some degree. And we can either decide to, you know, course correct and become more aware of things and, and make a, a change or perpetuate the pattern. Right? It's, that's the only thing we have is, is that decision to make. And some of us live in a very conscious place where we are very cognizant of what triggers us and why we do things and who we want to be and the influence we want to have. And then other people walk around in complete reaction. And, you know, that's their way of being. No judgment on either way. But for me, I, I choose to live a much more conscious life. And sometimes it's even harder because I'm so aware of what I want and what I don't want and why and when I show up certain ways. So, um, but to look at my grandmother and to look at, you know, she had, she didn't have the choices that we do today. And I'm thankful now to be in this place where, you know, right now I am a single mom. I live, you know, two blocks from the ocean. I travel back to Portland all the time. I have a company. I mean, you know, 50, 60 years ago, that wouldn't have happened, I don't think. So I feel like we've really come a long way and, and we'll continue to do so. Oh, I agree with you. So I read your chapter in book seven, and I wasn't surprised that I I loved it. One of, one of my Thank gifts you. that I feel privileged is doing this show. I have all the change books in hard copy, and I always wait until the day before to read the chapter because I want to get in the mind space, and I want to think about how you wrote this and what you were thinking about. So there's the last paragraph of your chapter uh, is what I'd like to read for the listeners. So I'm just going to do that now, and then we'll have a, a little chat about it. So this is uh, Carrie Murphy's chapter out of the Change Book 7. And the last paragraph is written like this. I teach people to work on my four Ds. Decide, dedicate, develop, and deliver. How are you doing those four things in your life? Have you ever decided what you want to do in your life? You have to get clear on what it is that you want to create. Your imagination creates your destination. You have to make the decision and then dedicate yourself. Perseverance and tenacity are the difference between those who want something and those who achieve it. You have to be developing yourself both personally and professionally at all times. As they say, 
When you stop learning, you stop earning. Investing in myself has been one of the keys to my success and so many others. The last step is deciding how you want to deliver your gifts and message to the world. So take the time to decide, dedicate, develop, and deliver who it is and what you want to be in the world because your possibilities are infinite. I just find so much power out of that paragraph and I can feel the confidence that you were trying to exude in your writing. So my question's twofold. You got the call from Jim and Jim. What what was your vision and what did you see coming into this powerful global community? And what was your mindset when you wrote this? Because I, I found your chapter uplifting. I found a lot of coaching strategies, a lot of great advice. So just bring us back to where you where your mind space was and what intrigued you to join us. Well, whenever there's an opportunity for me to join a global community that empowers people, I'm in. <laughs> you know, so so when Jim and Jim um, you know, came to me and I'm such a fan of both of them and the work that they do, and to know that I was gonna be part of a community of change makers, it wasn't even a question in my mind whether or not I wanted to participate. Um So I was excited because I really feel like the more we can connect and collaborate, the more change we make in the world, um, the more success we all have. I just come from the mindset too, Deb, that there's plenty for everyone, that we don't need to compete. We just need to keep collaborating. And I still need to work on that, (laughs) you know, just as far as like time in the day and making sure I reach out and nurture those relationships. But again, to those that are listening, if you ever feel alone or that you're working in a silo or that you don't feel supported, the best thing you can do is go find people that you admire and plug in and make sure that you don't always feel like the senior in the group. You know, for me, my friends I'm in awe of and they inspire me. You know, the authors in these books inspire me. And um, so, yes, that that word is a word I use a lot, but it it is I live a very inspired life because I surround myself with people that enable me to feel that way. Um, When I wrote this chapter, um, I didn't have a lot of time, to be quite honest, and I, whenever I write, I draw off my life experiences, and there's always coaching in there and personal development because I just that is who I am through and through. Even before I went through all the work that I have done to get here, even as a young girl, I was actually I was just home over Christmas, and uh, my mom brought me a bunch of letters from from grade school, and and uh, gosh, Deb, I sound the same. I wrote actually a uh, a journal entry my senior year in high school um, for the new year. And I still sound like the same Carrie today. So I think there's just a level of optimism in me and positivity that has always been a part of who I am. And I I really wanted to make sure the chapter, people walked away really understanding that their dreams are not fairy tales, that your goals are not there to tease you, that if you have a strong desire, it is up to you to go out there and make it happen. There's no you know, fairy dust, there's no unicorn that's going to come deliver your dream on a plate to you. It's a lot of hard work, but you have to decide what it is that you want before God and the universe can deliver it to you. And if you're waiting for a perfect moment, there is no perfect moment. And, you know, for me, too, embracing all the hard times, I I still look at my challenges as the greatest times in my life because it continues. I mean, I still have them. It's not like they stop. But I look at them in such a different light. And that was part of this chapter, too, is, you know, adversity is our friend. It's not our foe. And it's, it's really our greatest leverage to get 
to where we need to be. And so, yes, those four key steps decide, you know, who you want to be and what you want. I tell people, you want more money, what does that look like? Do you want a dollar? Do you want a million dollars? And why? Like the more emotionally we can connect to who we want to be and why, the more it can show up for us. And uh, I live by those four steps. I go back and I look at them. I just did a talk in Portland about those four steps. It's, it's something I can go back to and say, mm, you know what, I might have decided, but my dedication really is not so great right now. <laughs> and I go back and say, okay, why am I off there? What do I need to get back? Is it time? Is it support? Because there are some things I talk about all the time, and I still haven't finished them yet. So why is that? What's showing up for me? Um, so it really is those four different things, those, you know, deciding, dedicating, developing yourself to be, I, I, you know, real quick, I know so many people want to have these global businesses and, and make this massive influence, but they've never done it and they don't know how. So how can you possibly create a million-dollar business when you've never done it? You know, you've got to go find other people that have created those businesses or a six-figure or a five-figure. The money is irrelevant when it comes to, you know, making sure that you're aligning yourself with what it is that you want and you're developing yourself to be that person, and it's an ongoing process. Um, and then really how you want to show up. You know, you, you can't make an incredible influence in the world and have horrible videos and a bad website and, you know, a Gmail and your, for your business uh, email. You know, I mean, I know it sounds so, so trite, but how people perceive you is their truth. So how are you showing up? And those are all the things we work with our clients on um, in Inspired Living. No, and, uh, and I mean, you've brought some really good strategies and tips uh to the table and you you need to play full out and and not be partial and it's not about social media it's it's just such a big big pie and there's so many different pieces evolving and everything has to be leveraged so i i really think that you made a, a really valid point there i wanted to uh point out some of the kudos on your website because i I think it's impactful when others can hear and see how people talk about you. And you've been described as a woman who is beautiful and poised and self-assured and giving. And that you get into your heart and create dynamic relationships. How you push people uh, beyond their comfort zone to a point where they never thought inspiration would even be possible that you bring positive energy and enthusiasm and that you have this incredible, undeniable ability to uncover, expose, and empower. How do those words make you feel? Because this is how your clients speak about you and you should just be, don't tell me you have tears in your eyes. I hope you're smiling ear to ear. I this do is have tears in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> this you is know, how I feel so thankful. Like, I just am so full of gratitude to them to do what I do. I know I'm just, like, just a teary mess. But to be able to have that impact in someone's life, to help them really see that they are so magnificent and that they have such great purpose and that their imperfections are what make them so wonderful and, um, you know, all of those things. I can go on and on. But, you know, humbled, ecstatic, joyful, like, it's, if I feel like I, I can make that um, that impact on a big or small scale, you know, then I'm doing something good. 
Oh, I think you're doing a lot of things good. Not good. Very, very well. So I I know you're a busy lady and I want to congrats you again on on your beautiful baby daughter, Lauren. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call one of your assistants and I'm gonna book a Skype call and we're gonna have a cup of coffee and chat mom to mom. And I just wanna tell you that uh as a fellow influential entrepreneur, I look up to you, I aspire to you, I think what you're doing and how you're helping people is amazing. And I just really enjoyed reading your chapter. I'm happy to be your colleague in the change book series. And I hope that 2016 that you just dream crush all those goals. And I'm happy to call <laughs> you my colleague. I'm privileged to call you my friend and I wish you nothing but the best this year. And thank you for fitting us in your busy schedule. Oh, you are so welcome, Deb. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing us an opportunity to share our light with with your listeners and with your community. And um, you know what? When when we can you know share that torch, it allows the world to be a much brighter, happier place. And I'm just honored to call you a calling and friend as well. And look forward to that Skype call, that little coffee call, um, so we can talk more. But I just really appreciate you as well. And thank you for those of you that listened and. If you'd like to learn more about how we might be able to support you, um, please check out the website, inspiredliving.tv. There's, there's lots of resources on the site. There's lots of free things as well. And, and those interviews, of course, are something that I really love that I think you will too. Absolutely. Your, your website is beautiful. And, again, I just want to thank you for spending the time and, and look forward to, to catching up with you soon. All right. Wonderful. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, Deb, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Just a wonderful time spent with Murphy, uh, an amazing entrepreneur, and has just, you know, I love how she's raw and talks about the trials and tribulations and, and hurdles she had to overcome and that it brought her into her greatness, and now she's so transparent, and she's passing that on to others. Uh, through her inspired living and her videos are phenomenal so I hope everybody will take the time to connect with Carrie at K-E-R-I her last name is Murphy she's in book seven and her website is inspiredliving.tv so I'm excited now to introduce our second guest and I can actually call her another one of my book five buddies because she's in book five with me and I'd like to introduce her, and then we will welcome her to the show. So I would like to introduce Jackie Hasley. She is the founder and president of Peacemaking Associates. I just, I love the name of that. And she works as a peace education specialist, joyfully educating and empowering families, educators, students, businesses, community leaders. And it's all to bring value and imagine and to act to preserve a culture of peace in the dimensions of their life. That just sounds amazing to me. Jackie is a keynote speaker. She talks about weaving a culture of peace, imagining peace, spirituality and peace, respect for diversity. Just an amazing lady. And she has presented in countries in both North and South America as well as in Africa and Europe. So, Jackie, welcome to the Change Book Radio Show. Thank you so Thank much, Deb. So nice to be nice a part of this show. 
Well, and I love that I finally get to hear your voice because we've been on the social media for a number of months and we share book five together. So I read your chapter last summer when our book was published. So we've got half an hour together. So let's start off by telling us in a, what is your area of passion? We know it's peace, but can you can you elaborate on that and really give us a snapshot of your business and what your goals are for this year? Uh, yes, that's uh, yeah, several that's questions. Several My um, original work in the area of peace began uh, rather specifically during the Vietnam era when I was asked to serve on a subcommittee for the American Friends Service Committee's Peace Action Center in Milwaukee doing a peace education project. The project primarily focused on anti-war education for high school students and teachers. And very quickly as a part of that project, I thought I, want, I don't just want people to be against war. I want them to be thinking about what we are promoting in place of war. What are we p promoting in our lives? And that led me to develop programs that focus on peacemaking as distinct from stopping wars. And um, I've worked in that field now for more than 40 years. I have written books on the topic, as you mentioned, keynotes and workshops and coaching and consulting also. Uh, and the areas that I have primarily focused on have been uh, two. One is the area of peacemaking for families, which also includes peacemaking for children. And then also working with a broader general population, what might it look like for us to imagine peace and work with others to weave a culture of peace, which is a term, um, a, a culture of peace as part of the United Nations Deck 2000-2010 to create a culture of peace for all peoples of the world. And there have been numerous uh, projects related to that theme uh, nationally and internationally, and I have been very blessed to be a part of that process. Well, yes, my you asked about my goals for 2016. Um, to continue making a difference in people's lives, um, both through my writing and my teaching and my speaking, and um, to I'm working with some people to expand my outreach in terms of the publication of my books, and also some of the things that I do related to um, other media. Uh, we have put together some videos back in 2000 and in uh, earlier than that as part of the Catholic Bishop's Peace Pastoral, and I'm in the process of working with people to update those today also. You're a very busy lady, Jackie. I am, I am yes. Now, so you made a decision to um, take Jim and Jim up on their offer when they called you to join this powerful global community. Tell the listeners, um, what was your initial thought? Um, this is a multi-question again, how you decided 
on the chapter title and writing and what excites you about it? Well, being a part of this global community is that's always exciting, whether it's a peace organization or a uh, organization such as the International Institute for Peace Through Tourism or some of the groups like Fellowship or um, International Fellowship for Reconciliation. All of these groups have, in my mind, a commitment to looking at how do we reimagine our own lives and reimagine the, the, the earth and all of its people in ways that enhance living with each other, respecting each other, celebrating each other, um, cooperating and collaborating with each other. And the change book was a way for me to be a part of this global community. And choosing a topic, of course, was quite easy, um, the broad focus being peace. And I was I was appreciative of both Jim's recognizing my work from uh, my involvement on social media to invite me to be a part of this process. And then I just looked at the theme that I thought would be most relevant to the idea of change in itself. And so the topic transformation for a culture of peace seemed to fit both into the concept of change and the integration of peace as a way of creating the kind of social global transformation we all want to see in our world. Well, and I think the work that you've done and continue to do and your writings must just be so rewarding for you, Jackie. And I know that uh, you've done a lot of education, including your PhD. And I'd like you to just talk about that for a minute. And could you give us a, a bit of an overview on your dissertation and why you chose to pursue that? I can. Um, my undergraduate work uh, was in, my, my background is nursing. I worked uh, for 15 years as a nurse in Milwaukee area hospitals. And uh, the last four or five years of that, I was working in a um, large urban hospital where, I, it, and this was in 68, 72. And I was looking at the, what I saw as, discrepancies in the healthcare delivery system. And while people received good care, there was an obvious difference in the type of care people received based on whether they were insurance-based or private pay or what we would call the charity ward uh, patients. And at that same time, we were going through the civil rights movement of 68, and the open housing movement in Milwaukee, and the race riots in various parts of the country, and the uh, civil uh, liberties issues surrounding open housing and surrounding access to work. All of that um, prompted me to begin to question what was happening in our world and led me back to school where I um, received an undergraduate degree, and that focused on a variety of issues having to do with respect for diversity and global education, and I had 
by the last year or so of my undergraduate studies, I had begun to put a focus on it in terms of peace and global awareness education. I was fortunate to have a professor who allowed me to look at topics with that lens because our university did not at that time offer a program in peace studies or peace education. I went on and completed my master's at the same university with the same type of focus but at the master's level. And then I did my work as a peace education specialist for uh, 30-some years. And I realized that while I had been training educators for many years, decades, all of a sudden, not only myself but others too, were prevented from teaching at universities because we didn't have certain types of credentials, meaning a Ph.D. And that happened to a number of people in a similar situation as I was in. So then I began to look at doctoral programs where I could pursue the focus that I wanted. And I, two funny stories about that. Um, I, we still had small children at, or young children, high school students at home, and um, so I knew I couldn't be going any distance. I looked at Milwaukee area programs, which did not include a peace education focus, and the professor at uh, one of the universities, which had an interdisciplinary focus, said, Jackie, don't try it here because the departments are so, even though it's interdisciplinary, the departments themselves are very isolated in their thinking and uh, prompted me to look elsewhere. And then a chance encounter with Parker Palmer at a, an event sponsored by our university um, led to my considering the Union Institute and university, which is located in Cincinnati, but was the first doctoral level program in the country that offered doctoral degrees in a non-traditional fashion to non-traditional students, meaning I was older, um, I was a woman, and my ways of learning um, were, they didn't fit in neat little tiny boxes. The Union Institute allowed me to integrate three of my passions. Most doctoral programs and master's level programs in peace education or peace studies at that time were very discipline-oriented, either um, international studies or political science or um, uh, conflict studies which was an emerging field uh, back in the 1990s, and, um, or war studies. And a few of them were in religious education departments, and a few were in education departments, but those two were quite restricted in terms of the parameters of the study. What I was able to do in my program, which a degree in interdisciplinary studies, is integrate... Um, a wide variety of themes related to peace and global awareness education. And in doing so, also to highlight 
three specific themes, spirituality, um, transformational leadership, and peace. And that has just been a joy to me to be able to go through a program that allowed me to expand beyond narrow disciplinary perspectives and to do so in a way that um, showed me the riches that are available when one looks beyond narrow confines. One of the focuses of my doctoral dissertation was um, weaving a culture of peace and how do we take the various strands of our personal and public life and weave those together, and that's the theme that I developed and the theme that I teach on fairly often today. I just, I'm just so inspired by the work that you've done and the schooling that you have achieved and just being able to, you know, talk to people about all the different elements that you do and just the links that you have and the name of your business, Peacemaking Associates. I just feel, I feel very honored to be in this, in this community with you. And there's a, there's a, I, I reread your chapter last night because I, I read our book last June, like I said, when it was published. But there's one uh, paragraph that really, really grabbed me and resonated with me. And I'd like to read that right now for the listeners. So Jackie is in book five, and the title of her chapter is Transformation for a Culture of Peace. And this is one of her paragraphs. Peacemaking is a complex, lifelong process. Peace is more than just the absence of violence, terrorism, and war. It is the presence of justice in all of our relationships and throughout all our lives. By redefining peace as a presence of just and faithful relationships with each other and of all creations, by reexamining our understanding of both conflict and paradigms, by identifying the vision and the values essential for creating a culture of peace, by holding fast to an image of a world at peace, by making a commitment to do something, to engage in just actions for peace, and by naming these activities as peacemaking activities, we can create a culture of peace for our families, our communities, our nations, and our world. I just think that's so beautifully written, and it would be so nice if, if our world adhered to these beautiful words that you've written. So my question to you is, of all the peace leaders, either living or how, who have passed, who would you most like to have a conversation with, and, and what would be your topic surrounding peace? Oh, I only get to choose one. Well, oh, that's... <laughs> I know, um, I know you. I know you probably have many. So, who would be your ultimate first choice? Like, if I asked you not to think about it, who's the first name? Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh yes. Um, and, she was humble and um, had a breath of awareness of what is going on in people's lives, what was going on in people's lives, and a real genuine commitment to do what she could to make changes for the best for people in their lives. 
Well, you know what you and I have in common? I opened my chapter in the Change Five with a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah. So isn't that isn't that interesting? Yes. Yes. Well, she's just was a, an amazing woman and continues to inspire inspire so many. Well, I agree with you. And I, as I'm sitting here listening to you, I have a beautiful friend who lives in Paris, France. And her name is Lilia, and I'm hoping she will join our community at some point. And she works for UNESCO, which is just a phenomenal organization and brings many different cultures and heritages and ethnicities together. And they are all about building peace in the minds of of men and women. So it's just so interesting how each week I talk to a different co-author, and it always uh, encourages me to make recommendations or introducing people to different people. So I'm, I'm going to make a note because I'd like to introduce you to Lilia because I, I just feel there'd be a real synergy between the two of you. Well, thank you. And you're just, you're one of those people that I could sit in a classroom and listen to all day, Jackie. You just have one of those teaching voices and you're talking about such an interesting topic. And I just, I just, I'm very intrigued by the work that you're doing. So you. you have brought yourself, as I have, into this powerful global community with Jim and Jim. We are now in 24 countries. We are on book 11. And I just want you to tell me um, what excites you about that. There are women and men our, our news media would have us think that we are in a constant state of war and fear of each other and fear of the other, and that there's all this horror going on in the world. And what the change books do um, is bring to the forefront all of the marvelous ways that people are in their own personal life and in their family life, in their community life, and at the global level, people who are really making a difference for good in our world. And to know that there's 11 books like this now and more planned um, is helping to spread that word that sometimes you need to look for alternative media to see what is really happening in our world so that we stay focused on the positive. I have a, a um, in my peacemaking work, I always, toward the end, talk about the importance of naming signs of hope in our world, that if we don't, we can get very discouraged about the things that are being done or the things that are being said or the ways that people are being treated. And so if we look for the signs of hope, and the change book just brings so many of these together in small ways and large and connects people so that they also feel energized by the work that others are doing. We can't all do it all. Um, I may have a passion for ending um, uh, hunger or homelessness or improving education or improving um, uh, the lives of women or um, food, 
uh, making food more accessible to more people and more places, not one of us can do all of the things that we feel passionate about. So our task, I think, is to A, identify what it is that we have passion for and our what skills we bring to that, but also to honor and treasure and proclaim all of the ways that other people are doing other works that are equally as vital. And it's that seamless web of interactions and seeing the connections about what different groups of people are doing that is just so exciting. Well, and you know I'm going to echo that because I I say that every week on this show and I just, I feel like the the central hub, um, I've been called the the Den Mother was the name I got called this week by Mike Schmidlin. And I, you know, I've done nothing but, but reach out and just have wonderful conversations and enjoy cups of coffee over Skype so I can see the face of the wonderful person I've been talking to through email or Facebook. So I fully agree with you. Could you let our listeners know how to get a hold of you, what your website is, and are you, do you have any speaking engagements coming up that you can let the listeners know and, and the best way to get in touch with you? Well, there are several. Um, I am on Facebook, Jacqueline Hazley, and I am also uh, have a Facebook page for Peacemaking Associates. I am also on LinkedIn. And I am also on, um, I have a website, which is www.peacemakingassociates, and that's making, peacemakingassociates.com. And um, there you will find a whole variety of information about both myself and my husband and the types of programs that we do, um, both uh, education and uh, retreats, and the also coaching. I've been doing quite a bit of coaching, both at the personal and at the uh, international level, which is really exciting because when I'm coaching at the international level, I have people from different communities in the world um, uh, interacting with each other through the coaching process, and that's exciting. Um, I'm also in the process of writing. Uh, I've had three things published this year, and I'm in the process of updating uh, the two Peacemaking for Family books, um, which can be found on my website um, and also on my Facebook page, uh, Peacemaking Family Activities for Justice and Peace, Volume 1, Facing Challenges and Embracing Possibilities, is primarily theory in eight chapters. And the companion book, Volume 2, Examining Values, Developing Skills, and Acting for Peace in the Family, the Community, and the World, is um, a collection of about 100-plus activities that are for families uh, and school groups and community groups worldwide. I'm proud to report that the books have been used by people in uh, war-torn parts of our world, like Syria, 
like Pakistan, like Afghanistan, like Iraq, and um, places that are central to war-torn areas of the world today. But they've been used in schools. The, the original book of this came out in 1980. It was 86 pages and was written for families. And I was absolutely astounded to find it was the best-selling book of that publisher's series on the family in 1980, but also that it was being used by educators and scout troops and youth groups and church groups all over the world. And that said, it spoke to people's hearts um, and their their longing for something that would make sense for them in their own family and across cultures. Even though it was originally written for a Catholic audience for families, it uh, spoke to people in countries all over the world. And now that little 86-page book is two volumes, and the volume one is about 150 pages, and volume two is about 260 pages. So it's um, it's grown uh, excitedly. Well, I'm sitting here thinking um, I'm going to see you one day being nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. That's that that's how you make me feel, and I just I I just I just find you to be inspirational and just such an, an astute woman and. I can't believe all the work that you've done in addition to the years you gave to to nursing as your vocation. And it's just, it's it's comforting to know that you look up to someone like Eleanor Roosevelt. Um, I do believe, I know I'm from Canada, but I do know some American history. I do believe she was the longest um, standing first lady. And I have another quote that I think you'll love from her, and it's another one of my favorites. And she says, a woman is like a tea bag. You can't tell how strong she is until you put her in hot water. Yes. <laughs> when that makes me. It makes me chuckle, but it just goes to show me, much like you, um, not only was Eleanor Roosevelt a woman of intelligence, but she stood for something and she could still... Uh, instill her humor when she was talking to be impactful with her words and and that's what I think you're doing and it's just it's an honor for me to call you one of my colleagues and I just I think the best is still yet to come from you Jackie and I, I can I can see uh, someone nominating you for a Nobel Peace Prize and I'll be happy to say I know that lady she's in my powerful <laughs> local community so I just, I want to say thank you for, for spending a half hour with me. And I, I want to thank you personally for all the wonderful work that you're doing in the world. And I do hope that we can get to a level of, of peace someday. And I pray for that. And I'm hopeful for that. And I think it's people like you that are spearheading the way and, and always showing, you know, the openness of of how we think about things and how we look at peace. And I'm just, uh, I'm very inspired and want to thank you for that. Thank you. And I hope we meet face to face one day. And in the meantime, we'll have to book a, a Skype call and have a coffee so we can, we can look at each other. But 
I wish you nothing but ongoing success for 2016 and, and abundance, and, and you just keep being that amazing peace leader that you are. Thank you. Thank you. Your work has inspired me, too, reading the the chapters in the change book in the five, book five, but also glancing at some of the articles and some of the other change books that are there have and seeing the names of the authors and checking their sites on Facebook has also been exciting. So, yes, lots of good things happening in our world. Well, I think Jim, Jim and Jim have just put a platform together uh, that has drawn like-minded, progressive, influential entrepreneurs and I think that's why we are we are all meshing so well together because we have the same mindset and, and we're all passionate about what we do. And you brought up a good point, as did Carrie Murphy, who I interviewed before you. There's enough work in the world for all of us. We have to stand strong in our power and just keep our expertise and our, our voice of reason and passion. And it just allows us all to have the strength to do what we do. And that's the same in the work that you're doing with respect to peace. So it just amazes me the caliber of people that I've met through the change that I wouldn't have got to meet otherwise. So I'm just very humbled. Every day I'm thanking Jim and Jim. And when I do speak to them and I speak to them often, I my gratitude cup runneth over, Jackie. That's great. So thank you for joining me, and you have a wonderful day, and I look forward to chatting to you again soon, and and keep up the good work, my friend. Thank you so much, Deb, and thank you for hosting me on this program. My pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. So just a wonderful interview with Jackie Hasley. I mean, just, I, I honestly can see her being nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, the work that she's doing globally, and now to have the platform of the change book series to further elaborate that is just, it's moving for me, the level of talent that we have in this global book series. So I just want to remind you that you can go to thechangeglobal.com to get information about our book series. There's a wonderful webinar that's been put together that's at thechangewebinar.com. And then Jim and Jim have also done another phenomenal website called jointhechangeworldwide.com. So again, I encourage the listeners and the co-authors to go on to thechangebookseries.com and post your blog and, and further show your expertise. So this is Deb Crow, your Workplace Balance Specialist, and I will be back with you next Wednesday, which will be... February the 10th, live at 1.30 Eastern Standard. And next week, we have Mike Greenlee from Book 8 and Mindy Anderson from Book 10. So have a great week and be the best version of yourself and do something kind today for someone you don't even know. Take care. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.